Hello and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Um, I almost mandolined my thumb off. Oh, no. You don't yeah. have an iron glove for that? I did. I do, but I'm not, I wasn't wearing it. You do not use a mandolin without a glove, Sid. I know. To, Riley, you look confused. Do You're you know what a man? Yeah. Do you know they, what a mandolin is? That's what happens instrument. on the cooking shows all the time. <laughs> okay. It's like the number one way they hurt themselves on, like, you know, Hell's Kitchen. Yeah. I grated the tip of my nail, but that was fine with a grater. And then I was I was trying to make a salad in a hurry, and I didn't have lettuce, so I was trying to like grate and mandolin a bunch of other vegetables to sort of make like a, you know. No. Well, I mean, we're going to ignore the fact that that is, in fact, then not a, a really a salad. <laughs> salad. That's just That's vegetables. Like, you can't make lettuce. <laughs> well, <laughs> I wasn't trying to make lettuce per se. Well, but it was it's like a salad base. I, You know what? This is I uh, somehow TikTok fed me a video of someone making they, they said they were making a salad. and They're like, you know what? I thought instead of lettuce, I'm going to use a bunch of shredded carrots. And I'm like, That's not what that. I mean, we're, we're moving into a different type of salad at that point, mm-hmm. but it is hardly a one-to-one. You cannot just I, sub in some carrots for lettuce. I used, I shredded carrots and radishes and celery and... That's just all else? the stuff you put on a salad. Cucumbers. Without and, the lettuce. Yeah. And then I just threw some chickpeas in with that and mixed it all up. That's like putting a bunch of condiments on a plate and calling it a sandwich like, i didn't have lettuce <laughs> well i used to make these salads out of all my herbs i would just go out and pick handfuls of all my herbs and chop them up and eat that in a bowl i mean at least that's lettuce adjacent like i've had a, like salon <laughs> like salad that's just a bunch of cilantro that's dressed I, that's okay mm-hmm. but and then riley i know that's your nightmare but it is my nightmare i, I don't know how i ended up being the one of us that has the soap Soap gene. I don't know. Or does it mean that maybe Sydney and I both have the soap gene and we're just like, mmm, soap. We just love soap. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. Give me that leafy soap. <laughs> the only way for us to know is if we eat soap and see if we enjoy it. Sure. I feel I like I have that. at some point. <laughs> I did that test in biology class where they make you lick the strip of stuff. And if it mm-hmm. tastes bad, then you have the gene. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't taste like anything, then you don't. And I thought it tasted horrible. And I was like making a whole big thing about like, oh, God, it tastes so bad. Oh, no. Um, and someone else was like, yeah, it tastes like something. It doesn't taste like nothing, but it's pretty good. And that was someone who did have the bad cilantro soap gene, but they just thought it tasted good. Okay. <laughs> so you never know. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That was wasn't there that what was that like a super taster test where you, you could taste the thing? And if you could taste it, you're a super taster. Justin did that. Yeah. Mm hmm. I'm not. Is Justin a super taster? Mm, I don't believe he was either. Mm. I'm not. No, I don't think any of us were. No. No, somebody was. Was it mom? All the... (laughs) 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 We're all thinking the same thing, but we also know mom listens to our podcast, so we don't want to say it out loud. (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about, Sydney. I love our mom. I would never say anything. I love about, our mom. I would never say anything even close to mean about our mom. It's I love our mean. mom. <laughs> it's not mean. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, 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 I could, I could believe mom was a super taster. That's all. Mm-hmm. Yep. 
I I bet. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Um, dad, dad is definitely not, and I say that because dad eats almost anything. Dad eats garbage doodles, and I feel like super tasters. I because you taste like more when you're a super taster, yeah. right? Yes. Like everything's like elevated, yeah, all flavors. Yeah. So I feel like like the gas station like cakes and stuff that like dad eats. You know, like I feel like a super taster would like not love that. Yeah. You know what I mean. Did did mom has mom filled you all in on dad's healthy snack and his sad his realization? Yeah, she sent me a picture of just dad eating some uh, a hideous green cup of Jello and just said dad. It just said dad sad Jello, and I'm like, what is this? Is this a, I got well, the same exact test. Is this a piece? Is this an art? I was dad. Dad's been trying to eat healthier, and the problem, dad, dad's been trying to eat healthier and not eat as much sugar. Um, cause he does, he does. Dad, tend to yeah. Like he just eats, sugar. he just likes sugar. Lots yeah. of, lots of refined sugar. Yeah. Um, but he was eating whole bags of those pea, you know, those dried pea snack things. Mm-hmm. Like two bags. Or <laughs> <laughs> lunch. And we had to counsel him about like, there's a lot of sodium and like two bags of crunchy peas is not, cause there's still like chips. There's like still what? like a. Like There's still like a snack of, food. Yeah, like like just eat a <laughs> eat a sandwich or something. I know. Like let's get some some protein and some some actual veggies. I don't know if they're are they vegetables really? Like I they're think, not really peas, are they? I don't. I think once you puff a vegetable, it's not really a vegetable anymore. Yeah, I thought they took like just like the powder, like the the pea protein or something, and then like made it into its own like thing. I think that's sort of what they are. It's like a pea flavored cheese puff. Yeah, yeah, deal. Exactly. Like, imagine a cheese puff, but it looks and tastes like a pea. But they're also delicious. They are and delicious. Yes, they are delicious. And I highly endorse them as a snack food, but I don't ever endorse eating two entire, like, family-sized bags of any snack food at once because, like, you need, you know, you need other things, too. See, I guess I inherited that tendency from our father because I, too, am the same in that if I find something I like... I just only get those few things that I like when I go to the store. So then when it comes time for like a meal, I'm like, well, just have to grab one of these three things I like. And these are my, these are my meals for the next week. What am I going to like next week? Who knows? I just, I can't, I can't be bothered to try new things. I'm the same way. I tend to get into ruts. I just keep eating the same things over and over. Yeah. It's, you know what though? That crunch sauce you introduced to our lives, Taylor. Oh, yeah, that's good, right? I put that oh, on a wrap every day now. Like, that's my, I, I have a wrap, and it's got some turkey and some whatever veggies I have, and then that nice. every day. Crunch sauce, game changer. I, I haven't gotten that exact one, but they have, like, I got the equivalent after we had that conversation that they have at Trader Joe's. That's like a crunch, spicy oh, sauce. Oh, like chi- with chilies in it? Yeah. Yeah. I got that after that conversation. I now put that on almost everything too Mm -hmm. rice sandwiches just sometimes i just eat it a little spoonful just like Mm -hmm. i see some crunch in my life Mm -hmm. just a little crunch Mm -hmm. a little crunch yeah yes dad tried crunch sauce that's probably healthier than two bags of peas dad would probably like crunch sauce you know i should get him into crunch sauce (laughs) (laughs) there's some protein there i mean it's also it's fine i don't know just to give it, get yeah. him a sandwich. Have some. Have one bag of peas and like a sandwich. 
Right. Or like he loves kidney beans. Can't he just eat a can of those? Well, that's that. That's sad well, again. That's that's yeah. sad three times. <laughs> we got we went back to sad. Don't don't go back to sad. He but he has, loves kidney beans. <laughs> he has a refrigerator, a little teeny one, and a microwave in his office. I know he does. Why don't, I don't know why he can't just pack a little lunch like he's going to school. You need to mm-hmm. find a recipe for like a like a kidney bean salad that's zesty and tasty yeah. and has flavors in it and maybe some other vegetables. I know that there's a recipe there. He shouldn't just eat a can of beans. <laughs> he's not a, he's not he a, made it sad. a cartoon miner. <laughs> <laughs> give the man Boy, some fresh herbs please that would fit that would fit into a lot of people's uh, unfortunately stereotypical views of west virginia yeah, like our true. dad takes a can of beans with him to work Every and he eats that can of beans. in some bags of they're not really peas they're like processed fake peas <laughs> he's got a pepperoni roll in his back pocket <laughs> Oh, washes no. it all down with some moonshine. Yeah, that's not none of that is no. true. That's not, no, that's not what it's like. Here. Except the pepperoni rolls. The pepperoni that, ro- that is, is a real. That's, that's a, true. You get those at the gas station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's where they're best. Yeah. When you tell people that, by the way, they will look at you like you are making something up to make them laugh. Like when people here asked me what a pepperoni roll was and I explained it and they said, well, where do you get them? Do you make them? Like do restaurants have them? And I said, no, you get them at the gas station. (laughs) They all started laughing and then said, no, really, where do you get them? (laughs) I mean, you can make them and some people are very good at it and you can get them at restaurants. It's just, I usually, my experience is that when we get them at local restaurants, the restaurants have tried to elevate them in some no way, way and you miss the right you miss the point mm-hmm. like yeah i guess you could i mean you could do that with it but that's not the point <laughs> there's a very important process that happens when it's wrapped in plastic and mooshed with the oils and <laughs> then it chills like that mm-hmm. it needs to be kind of cold and mooshed because you need the, the bread the oils to soak into the bread yeah when you bite yes. into the bread and it almost tastes like it's still dough yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like that's that's the best part. Yeah. And and I I am uh I believe it has to be pepperoni slices, not the pepperoni stick. You yeah. know, oh, yeah, the oh, long pepperoni absolutely. stick log. I don't like those. No. Don't like those. Mm-mm. I can't. Appropriate. I'm, I can't believe there hasn't been some obnoxious like New York food trend that is the elevated pepperoni roll. I I, I maybe that happened and I just did not see it, but that sounds like something that would happen. Yeah. It's definitely a thing like in West Virginia, you'll see restaurants, especially people who are like, like places where they're actually making good, like, I don't want to say fine dining because I don't really go to a lot of places that are very fancy. We don't have a lot of places that are very fancy, but you know what I mean? Like this is good quality people who have studied and are making really cool things. Um, they try to. They always try to throw like, a, here's a West Virginia classic pepperoni roll, and it's like there's cheese in there, and there's all kinds of seasoning all over it, and it's so, there's a sauce with it, and it's all made of calzone. No, yes, cheese. this this yeah. is fine, but it's not a pepperoni roll. <laughs> yeah. Pepperoni it, rolls are good. Now I man, can't I, wait I, for my drive home, and I can stop at a gas station and. That's when you know you're getting close is when you stop in a gas station, they have pepperoni rolls right by the checkout. Yeah. <laughs> and and listen, I love sheets and you could stop at a sheets, but that's not where you want to stop for a pepperoni no. roll. The tiny little gas station where like the inside part is barely big enough for like a few things in a bathroom. 
Mm-hmm. That's where it's like go. just named after a dude. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the bathroom Art. or the whole establishment? <laughs> <laughs> it's, the establishment oh, is yes. Randall's. Mm. The bathroom is Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it's always something like Cap's Market, and it's yeah. like who? <laughs> you know, like who's Cap? I don't. We don't know. But this is his market. Uh. We are all Cap. <laughs> When you're there, you're That's cap. where you stop for the pepperoni rolls. <laughs> um, we're not talking about pepperoni rolls no. today. No. Unfortunately, no, we're not. We're, we're talking about that thing you do. Um, I can't believe I was watching the movie and Justin came in and he was like, is this for still buffering? And I said, yeah. And he said, how have you not done this yet? How are you just now doing too. this movie? I know this was so. a, a, a big favorite of yours, Sid. I, oh yeah well it was sorry i'm trying to pull it up so i can tell you what year it's from yeah i think 1996 thank you <laughs> i think because i looked it up also my i went down or i went down this rabbit hole looking at the cast earlier and trying to figure out what other stuff yeah, jimmy did yeah because he's so he's just such a handsome boy and i'm like how mm-hmm. have i how has this face not been in more things has um, he done anything else he well he is so he's yes he's done i mean he's done a variety of movies and tv shows like i had sort of heard of but i couldn't nothing else like huge like this that i've found Mm -hmm. except he's in a whole bunch of dc universe related tv shows really like batwoman and um hold on what were the other ones that i found he was in batwoman he's he plays jonah hex oh that's a great character yeah, I, I found he was in the Flash, he was in DC Legends, he was in uh, Crisis. What I don't know what that is. Anyway, he 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 is in the DC universe. It appears. Uh, that did so, a lot that's of scary there. movies too. That, that's yeah. funny because at first it's been a while since I've seen this. I thought he looked like Tom Welling, who was Superman in Smallville. It's a different actor. Um, I was like, oh, that's it's interesting that he's in DC because that's who I thought he was at first. Really? Yeah. Well, cool. Kind well, of similar looks. Yeah. So that's so that is where he because he is he is a very handsome young man. Yeah. That is where he ended. Well, and and um, and Guy Guy Patterson is he has he done anything? That was the other question mark I had. I, Tom, what else has Tom Everett Scott done? Um, I've definitely seen him in things because I recognized him, and now I'm looking at the things he's done, and I. I mean, All I recognize a, is he was the dad in the Diary of a Wimpy Kid movies. <laughs> I mean, he's a cutie patootie. They're all cutie patooties. They're all. Cutie I think patooties. I've seen him in Hallmark movies. That sounds right. <laughs> I think that may have happened. Um, I think that's possible. Uh, I used he to. He's also such a in crush La La Land. Hmm. I, I used to have that. such a such a huge crush on Tom Everett Scott because of this movie. Um. So that thing you do, uh, I don't remember. Gosh, I saw it like one of my earliest memories of seeing this is we it had just come. It, we, I, had, I didn't see it in theaters, but it was like one of those movies that TBS decided to replay over and over and over again. So or like VH1 movies that rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I so I kept watching it over and over and over again. I remember watching it at Uncle Danny's house at the beach one year. <laughs> 
like the, just like everybody's in the room talking, all the adults are talking, and I'm just like planted in front of the TV really close because it was turned down really low, just watching that thing you do intently. Like, mm-hmm. I love this movie. It's interesting that that's your Uncle Danny's Beach House movie memory and mine is Hellraiser. Yeah, we're on, we're on different paths there. <laughs> I mean, I remember that one too. Uh, yeah, that's very memorable. Uh, um, um, this was, we watched this at our beach I don't know if it was a house or it was a condo a very long time ago um, when we were on vacation. You showed it to me. Um, And ever since that point, I keep forgetting they're from this movie, but I guess I shouldn't because one of them is the titular song. But three or four songs from this movie show up on my most played songs list every year now. Like, I just, I I, I love them. They, They just like Bobby Boy Band upbeat little wild one that thing you do um the uh not wildest dreams my only dream what, is that what it's called yeah uh, no i know what you mean i used to listen to the yeah. soundtrack over and over and over again are yeah, those all I, obviously that thing you do but are they all composed for this film all those songs now that i don't know i would i mean i don't because you know sometimes you, it's like those sneaky covers but i can't i don't think i've ever heard them anywhere else other than this movie <laughs> I think um, so. Looking at the like the credit is soundtrack. to the wonders. Um, if you uh, on the uh, it may have all been. I think it is. Tom Hanks is credited as a music writer for several of them. <sighs> well, and Tom Adam Hanks. Schlesinger did. Yeah, a lot of the music from Fountains of Wayne, who who sadly we lost a couple years ago. That it, it, he wrote the music for my favorite TV show, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah, he did a bunch of great yeah. music. I was gonna say, you know, it's wild because when I was listening to songs like this, feels like this guy, this has his stamp all over it. I wonder if he was involved with this. That that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I a lot. I think a lot of. I think all the music. I'm looking through. I, I think mean, all he the wrote music. That thing you do. He's the only person credited on that song. Which is, you know, I I always think like, okay, so. To, to back up if you haven't seen that thing you yes. do i don't know how that's possible i've i feel like i've seen this movie maybe more than any other movie Nah, princess bride that's the only <laughs> other movie i've seen more in my entire life high fidelity um when i mentioned this maybe. to people they didn't know what i was talking about uh, i will say like people really? around my age yeah really mm-hmm. it's a, okay so it's a movie about a band the wonders and like if you're thinking like like one hit wonders yes that is the whole conceit they rise to prominence this is like the early 60s very quickly and then sort of fall apart fizzle out and they have one song that they're really well known for which is called that thing you do it is all um what produced directed whatever by tom hanks put together by tom hanks yeah tom hanks is the driving force behind this film um directed written by tom hanks um and like all his pals are in it like both his kids are in it his wife's in it there's like there's all kinds of people who were in like on stage with Tom Hanks at various times in movies and TV shows. Like he filled it with like the Tom Hanks universe. I, di- I didn't realize what a, what a Hanks project this was. Yeah, I didn't either. It feels like Tom Hanks. It's so like, it's so wholesome and well-intentioned. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> Tom Hanks is like, I mean, is there anything offensive about Tom Hanks? N- just seems like a nice guy. I think I mean, that, not that we know. About. I mean, that's his brand. Again, like I don't. Yeah, he's yeah. a celebrity. The movie feels like him. Yeah, it feels like that. Like it's nice. It's it's clever. It's funny. 
We enjoy it. I feel like that the um, the drummer, Tom Everett Scott's character, is uh, very much a stand-in for Tom Hanks a lot of times. Ah, all right. I see that now. It, fe- it feels like, I mean, I'm certain he didn't say this, but it feels like Tom Hanks looked at him and said, just think about what I do and <laughs> do that. <laughs> do, do me. Do me. <laughs> do Hanks. Do your best, you know, me. <laughs> This is a weird aside, but Sid, do you do you think that part of the reason that you like Tom Hanks movies is because he's kind of got him and Justin share a vibe? Because I haven't Aww. noticed that until I was watching this movie last night. I'm like, I feel like they have like similar facial features, Tom Hanks and Justin. I can see that. Your, your titular husband. <laughs> I can see that. I, I think they do share a vibe. I would say... Justin's brand is a little less wholesome. Oh, well, not brands. I mean, like, they kind of look alike. No, I can see that. I can see yeah. that. Definitely. Um, and I think there are moments where uh, Tom Everett Scott is mirroring a young Tom Hanks mm-hmm. in this movie. Do you think he just said, like, get me a Tom? Get me a little Tom. Get me the cutest Tom you can yeah, the find. Best, the best version of young Tom. I guess this was before Colin Hanks could have done that, right? Mm-hmm. With, yeah. he's, he's in it. in it but he's much younger yes oh, yeah. he's he is page mm-hmm. i just looked he, it up because i didn't know i didn't recognize him in it but he's, he's in, in it, for, it for, like, for like a scene yeah like five seconds he yeah. escorts Liv tyler from the car into the building when they're at the oh. what is supposed to be like the ed sullivan show but isn't but is basically the ed sullivan show right. and apparently elizabeth hanks appears as bored girl in dress shop <laughs> It's his daughter. I don't know. Got him all credits. That's what matters. Yep. Yep. And then, of course, his wife, Rita Wilson, is in it as well. Mm -hmm. Which, like, if you continue to imagine that this main character guy is sort of like a Tom, like Tom Hanks is putting a little bit of himself in this character. And then his wife plays this, like, hot cocktail waitress who's hitting on him. (laughs) I don't know. I was thinking it like that has a whole other level to that scene. (laughs) That's true. Is this a is this a parallel to acting then? Is this like a, a retelling of like he was he was the one that had the passion for the art form? Because that's what like my memories of this movie differ from the rewatch. I remembered it as like the lead singer was a jerk and Guy was the only good guy in the band. And like I, my my memories were totally wrong because rewatching it, I'm like I feel kind of bad for the main J- Jimmy. Like mm-hmm. he's a talented singer and a talented songwriter. And he seems to just be keeping keeping to insist, like, I would like to play my music and write my songs. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of treated like the, the bad guy in the film. But he's, he's which not. Is what, which is why he, I mean, if like in the little after credits, sure. he goes on to be successful, you know. They, they get that. But it, it, it's interesting on the rewatch where I'm like, I don't, I, I mean, I don't think anybody was a bad guy necessarily. But I think it's more of an indictment of like the industry that they're just kind of stuck in. Yes. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's true. I think what what you just see are like four people who are kind of thrown together and happen on success. It, like they didn't intend on it. It just happened. And none of them really are headed in the same direction. So what you're saying is they were one direction before there was one direction. Just crazy kids thrown together. That that's they could have been instead Reaching of the O Needers becoming the Wonders, they could yeah. have become One Direction, but instead they changed the Wonders. Wow. Um, 
I That's can I just really say close. I think Steve Zahn in this movie is one of my favorite performances in anything ever. <laughs> yeah. He's Lenny. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. yeah. Did take a minute to look who that was. Yeah. yeah. He so he is hilarious. From the moment that he's like a guy in a really nice camper wants to put our song on the radio. <laughs> I just <laughs> Everything he does cracks me up. He has so many moments in it that are hilarious. Um I love his whole thing. I think I think he is one of the funniest characters in anything mm-hmm. a, a, as he is in this role. Yeah, I I forget. Go ahead. Oh, go no, ahead. I'm, please continue. <laughs> uh, I was going to say and I also forget that that's Ethan Embry. Well, I was going to say cause I I love Ethan Embry and mm-hmm. I I I loved him in this movie. Uh, he was maybe my favorite band member, and I I didn't realize it till the end that he did. He was never named. He is credited TV as player. yeah, just the bass player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's really funny. Yeah. I didn't even notice that until I'm looking at the cast. Yeah, he's really good at disappearing into the role and and like really becoming it. And mm-hmm. you you do you forget it's Ethan Embry, and he I'd say that's true for him a lot. Steve Zahn is Steve Zahn, but he's man, he's so funny. <laughs> The only part is Captain. Go ahead. I was say is Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. That scene kills me. Well, I was say the only thing that's hard to believe is it's kind of an ongoing joke. Like, oh, the rest of the band is so much more attractive than him, and he's always trying to get a lady. It's like that's not that is not true at all. <laughs> that man's an incredibly attractive man. Yeah. No, I think I think he's adorable and funny. Um, when he says that his greatest, I th- that interview on the radio when he says his greatest influence is Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooter. Gosh, he's so his character's so funny. He's so well written. Um, what do you What do you all think? It was funny because I always felt frustrated that I don't feel like they let Liv Tyler be much of anything. Her character Faye doesn't get to be a fully fledged human. Well, I mean, I would go as far as to say that the romance element felt really kind of forced. Like, yeah. I agree. Like, Faye is there. She's adorable. I wanted the world for her. She's, she's you mm-hmm. know, very enthusiastic about the band. Um, They don't, I mean, it's kind of implied that maybe her boyfriend is cheating on her, but it's never really explicit. They break up and then she's just sort of picked up by Guy Patterson. Like, it's a bit of a... What is it when a, a woman has no agency in a movie? It's a sexy lampshade situation. She's mm-hmm. a sexy lamp. Sexy yeah. lamp. She is. Uh, and that, that makes me sad because it's it's Liv Tyler. <laughs> yeah. That's what kills me too. It's not... How do you use Liv Tyler well, as a sexy lamp? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying she's not sexy, but like, how is she the sexy lamp? Because you also had Charlize Theron as a sexy lamp in this movie. You had two amazing That's powerhouse true. women just kind of floating. I mean, looking lovely, doing amazing, but like, uh, you know. Yeah. This movie did not did not have the most like I- evolved w- women characters in it. No. no, they needed girlfriend characters for the men. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. they existed to be extensions of the men, but they were not written to be their own characters. Yeah. It was disinterested which, woman and interested woman. Yes. Yes. And which which I should say like on a side note. I I talk about this movie being wholesome. Uh I'm using that word wholesome in in all of the connotations with that word, I think, which sometimes are negative. It is not in any way fairly representative in terms of like gender or race. I think that if you're a straight cis white dude 
you probably have a lot to connect with and like feel represented by mm-hmm. and everyone else is not really in that equation. <laughs> that, that was the only part that, well, not the only part, but that, that was something that I, I was thinking of like to get that kind of chance, that swing at success. And then like everybody just kind of treats it like, oh, like, you know, the one guy quits, the one guy you know, flits off to Disney World. <laughs> the other guy goes to, to Las Vegas. Guy Patterson is like, okay, just moves on, drums elsewhere. Like, I think it is a very specific perspective. Like, you can walk away from a major opportunity and know I'll be okay. Whereas lots of other demographics, it's like, this is the only chance I get and I'm going to treasure mm-hmm. it. I do think that's a very mm-hmm. specific perspective in this movie. It's, I, I, yeah. I was just, it, it's right on the line between almost feeling like, it's not satire, but it could get there. Yeah. Like, I feel like if they just took it like one step further, it would not be taking itself seriously. It would entirely be satirical. Yeah. Um, I know, yeah, you know why but Justin pointed this out as we were watching it, because if you take it one step further, you've made Wayne's world. Yeah. Oh, well, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's a, it's a similar, except Wayne's world knows what it is. Right. Yeah. <laughs> If this um, movie knew what it was and accepted that, it would it would be Wayne's World. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like I, no. it does feel very 90s. Like I feel like it wouldn't feel as as representative if it wasn't what it was. Um, but yeah, it, no, it it's tough because the parts of it, like the music, is good, and that's a tough pitch. Like write a song for a movie that is supposed to be believable as a song that would become like an overnight number one single that everybody in the country is listening to and it has to be of this era like not not only write that song but write a song that makes sense in the early 60s catching on like that and it does like the i think this the song that thing you do meets all of those marks it is genuinely a good song um i think that's impressive i think that like you've got people who are turning in some really amazing performances so Mm -hmm. i mean it's funny there's lots of cute things. People love that aesthetic, that early 60s yeah. aesthetic. I mean, it's even just that. looking at the poster, like that just like the colors and the outfits and the it makes you happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I do find like as I get older. So Charlize Theron plays Tina, who is Guy's girlfriend at the very beginning of the film and then dumps him. Um I found myself thinking, so like Guy and Tina are dating. We don't know how long. <clears throat> They're supposed to go to, a, as she puts it, like dinner in the club for a date. And instead he's like, well, I've agreed to play with these guys in this local band. We're going to go play a talent show at the like high school gym or something. Um, so I want you to come to that instead for our date. And she's not thrilled about it. And we, the audience, are supposed to be like, ditch this chick. She doesn't get it. And I'm thinking, I, I get it, Tina. <laughs> I, if, if I was dating a guy who was like a grown-up who was like, hey, I just joined a band. And I, I want you to come to the talent show at the high school gym with me. I would have a moment of like, what, what now? <laughs> I like that you added, and we were adults, because you definitely did have that boyfriend. I know, but that was when you were a young adult. mm, You were an adult. I was like 15. Mm. 
when you had a, a oh. punk rock boyfriend? Yeah. Oh, we broke up when I was 19. Oh, so there like, you go. <laughs> well, well that, you know I will say. Yeah. I know what you mean. He's been in the military. He has been overseas, stationed yeah. in Germany at some point. So he is ostensibly some number of years out of high school. Yeah. But is it is it important? Guy is supposed to be older than the rest of them, right? Because they keep yes. calling them teen sensations, which is a mm-hmm. little hard to believe with the actors because while yeah. they're all very handsome, they also do not look like teenagers. <laughs> they look no. like they're solidly in their mid-20s. Yeah. Yes. At least. Yes. Well, and I mean, I think Guy is supposed to be older because he's like his, they reference his brother, like them, I don't remember. They they make a reference that makes it sounds like he's the older guy in town that they knew siblings of or something i don't know like they make that reference and then they also um talk about his time in the military yeah so he's had enough time to graduate high school be in the military and return um i don't know i but i i sympathize with tina is all i could say was like and then he's like can you continue to come to my gigs now and she's not like all about coming to all his gigs and like like, I mean, because we're supposed to contrast her with Faye, who Faye is happy to sort of abandon all of her personal hopes and dreams and wants, whatever those may be, to just sort of follow Jimmy, right? Like, whatever she needs to do. She'll be the costumer. She'll do his hair. She'll do makeup. She'll carry things. She's just happy to be there. Tina's like, mm, not my scene. I'm going to date a dentist. And I kind of well, don't blame her. And when that dentist walks out of the office, you know, that's a very... I think he's a, that, it's a very attractive dentist. Yeah. He's a dreamy dentist. <laughs> they a cast dentist. a very dreamy dentist. Mm. So like, I, all I'm saying is like, I don't blame Tina as a, as a young person. I was probably like, oh, that girl just doesn't get it. And now yeah. I'm like, yeah, I get, I get it, Tina. Yeah. You're a grown up. You just want to, you know, do grown up stuff. No, I, I, I did. I, I felt. I was fully on Team Tina, and I was fully on Team Faye. I just wish there had been some agency for Faye, where it's just like, oh, the one guy dropped you? Here's another guy yep. to pick you up, and you're kissing him. Okay. It's, it's it, really it, a shame, because yeah, I love yeah. Liv Tyler. Um, and yes, she is incredibly... I realized that like early on. like I really was obsessed with that Faye character in this movie. And it took me many years to understand why. Because <laughs> it's Liv Tyler. Because yeah. I had a crush on Liv Tyler. This and I didn't beautiful. know at the time. I'm like, God, I just want to watch. Why don't they put Liv Tyler in the movie more? <laughs> she, that's such a good character. I really want to see this character in the movie more. It took me many years to figure that out. Because um, it's a shame. Because, I mean, she is. She's She's gorgeous. But, like, what does she get to do? What does she get to be? Well, and I just, I wish, like, I was like, I, I, in my head, again, like, from my youth, I remembered that there was more of a courtship between her and Guy. Like, oh, she's dating Jimmy, so she can't, this can't happen, but it, it could. And I was like, no, there's none. There's, other than, like, he gets her in the car when her boyfriend abandons mm-hmm. her, when the crowd is crowded around them. And then, like, he tells her she looks nice when nobody else does. Like, that's, those are yeah. some crumbs, Faye. Faye, you deserve better. That's what I've had in my head, too, is like there was like this forbidden, like almost romance between them until, you know, there was actually one. Yeah. Just not not anything. No, no. They're kind of good friends. That's yeah. He's a good friend to her uh, here and there. Well, and I I will say, like, I don't know if that if the whole dialogue between them at the end with the like, when were you last kissed? What was 
was Tina a good kisser? This whole kissing dialogue. I don't know if we were supposed to like, if that was, I, I don't know what I was supposed to do with that. I've never quite understood why that's the way things work out there at the end. Like, I feel a little weird about it. It's not sweeping romantic words in my mind. Like, was Tina a good kisser? Yep. Okay. Well, <laughs> what? why are we so focused on kissing right now? Well, it feels like the end to a movie that's about a love story or like a romance. And that is not, I don't. I don't get that that's what this movie is. Like, yes, there mm-hmm. is like romance, but that's not the main through plot of the movie. And it mm-hmm. feels like an end to a movie that's like a love story. It feels it feels odd. It feels out of place. I agree. It does. Because it's I mean, I, I think that you can make the argument that Guy's character sets things in motion. He plays the song too fast at the gym. And that version of the song is way better and everybody likes it and then they are propelled on to success Mm -hmm. but like once he does that initial thing everybody's just sort of drifting like there's no you know what i mean like who's the who's the bad guy who's the good guy i don't know everybody kind of drifts until they head their own directions it's just like sort of like here's a snapshot of something that happened in a band's life maybe and then they move on yeah, because there's like a bit, you know, of a pushback against the music industry, but it's not harsh enough to really make mm-hmm. a statement because it's like, oh, now we're never going to get to record our own music and now we have to record covers. And that's why Jimmy quits, which again, like in my memory, it's like, oh, Jimmy was a, a crappy character. Like he wasn't, a, he, he was like a, egotistical and self-obsessed. So like, no, he was pretty straightforward. Like, I just want to play my own music. That's like, yeah. you're, you're going to force me not to. So I'm going to walk away. Like. Yeah. It's not, it could have gone harder in that if it wanted to make that statement, but it, it didn't. It just. Well, it, it was I think that they contrast that with like Steve Zahn's character who like gets what this is. Yeah, this it's is just, just a, ride. a ride. This yeah. is a ride. And it's not we have no control and it will end. And the best we can do is have fun with it until, you know, until we've got something better going. Um, and Jimmy didn't want that. And Guy, I guess, you know, in any movie when someone's into jazz, that's like, we use that as code for like, they're more, they have more sophisticated music tastes than the rest of us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. I don't know. I appreciate that La La Land said, oh, you think that people who like jazz are supposed to be more sophisticated? We're going to make Ryan Gosling like jazz and be really annoying about it. <laughs> this felt like the same character in two different movies a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I, I felt that too. I um, I don't know. And this is part of this is my own bias, as I've said on this show before. Uh, I, I don't enjoy... I, I like songs that have distinct beginning, middle, and ends. I guess I like pop music. <laughs> I, like, <laughs> I like a chorus. I love a, I love a refrain. You like musical I like theater. Lyri- I like lyrics um, a lot. I like to know the lyrics. I don't like songs that wander very much. Uh, jazz has never been my thing and jazz also like it makes my brain feel too stimulated Hmm. a lot of the times so but that's just me i understand it's difficult i understand it's hard i understand that guy is the most talented musician i get no jimmy is the talent guy is the the smart one is the the brains that's how tom hanks breaks it down Mm -hmm. yeah Um, i don't know i guess i took it as like jimmy is the creative one whereas guy is like the one with technical ability Hmm. Oh, you can see that. 
I um, was wondering watching this what this would be like if you made this movie again. Like if they rebooted that thing you do and made it modern in the year 2023. Um, and I feel like it you couldn't unless you set it again like in the 60s like unless you continued to set it back then and just tried to make it like a little bit more like modern in terms of like women and and relationships and stuff there's just no way that so much of that would work today i i mean i would you would hope that the women would be given agency to do their own things i mean yeah you know i don't know (laughs) It, that's why I said it. I know it's not set in the 90s but that's why I say it, it feels very 90s because it feels like this is a movie yeah. that could have only been created in that era of film I think that's true I think it's true of a lot of 90s stuff we're just supposed to get swept away by like oh the cute guy and the cute girl kiss at the end the it's stakes adorable. aren't super high which I appreciate because yeah. it's like I don't have to I, there's not a lot of thinking or stress involved it's just no. it's a fun it's a fun ride it's just a little bit like you know two hours of just a detour well, that's. I think that was the thing that felt off kilter to me. It's like the stakes should be high. Like, yeah. getting a, a swing at like fame and like, oh man, you don't have to worry about debt or like you'll have like security and safety. I'm like, oh, I guess in the 60s and specifically for like, I don't know, the, the main character of this movie, like, it's not that, oh, I'll be fine either way. And you will be because that's the world you live in. It's just not yeah. the world I live You'll be in. fine. <laughs> I, I would like to think that if this movie was made in today's in today's world there are enough of us out there with podcasts who have a basic <laughs> understanding of like sound recording what that threat that... <laughs> what there are enough of us out there with a podcast it just sounded like a threat sorry please no. continue <laughs> that that the scene where they record their hit song in yeah. a freaking church yeah because like i watched that now and i went Justin walked in the room at that moment and I was like, okay, I'm not wrong. That would sound terrible, right? And he's like, oh yeah, you would never do that. And I'm like, no, you would never. I understand it's to reinforce the point that he's like a very conservative Christian dude that's recording them. Chris Isaacs, by the way, Mm -hmm. who's recording them and who is like, who usually records gospel choirs or whatever. He doesn't record them in the church. It would sound terrible. Mm -hmm. All that echoing. Yeah. It would sound awful anyway <laughs> no one would buy You're that right. record yeah i think we all know sound better than that that's all i'm saying now we do now we do yeah. but thank you thank you all for watching that thing you do i will still say like the soundtrack is great um it's it's funny it's fluffy when he says he's off to write his hit song alone in my principles that's hilarious mm-hmm so there's a lot of little funny bits. I would not say that it's like changing the world with any great themes or revelations. But it's a funny, cute no, but, movie. Yeah. It's stylish. The characters are likable. It's, yeah. The music is great. It is It is a very Tom Hanks film. It's just, like, yeah. it's, a, it's just nice. It's very it's nice. nice. Uh, what's next, Tay? Uh, we're going to talk about a, a, another cool, cool band, uh, uh, me, me first in the Gimme Gimmies. <laughs> I'm so excited. It's a, it's like a super group cover band. Uh, I don't, they're probably still. I don't know if they're still making music, but there was a lot of many CDs in our youth that we listened to. So I don't know. We'll kind of do an overview because I feel like it's, it's easy to listen to cover music. But I specifically, Riley, I know this is new to you, and I specifically want you to listen to Ara Drag, which is their Show Tunes cover album. Oh my gosh! Okay, you'll Done. like it. I'm so ready. Well, thank you both. 
Um, thank you, listeners. That thing you do will be on TBS. Um, repeat- <laughs> it's <laughs> Probably, also on Hulu. Yeah, yeah, it's also on Hulu. Um, <laughs> uh, thank you both. Um, you can you should go to MaximumFun.org if you want to listen to a lot of great podcasts. You can email us at stillbuffering at MaximumFun.org. You can tweet at us at stillbuff. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am still buffering. And I am too. Hi, I'm Jesse Thorne, the founder of Maximum Fun, and I have a special announcement. I'm no longer embarrassed by my brother, my brother, and me. You know, for years, each new episode of this supposed advice show was a fresh insult, a depraved jumble of erection jokes, ghost humor, and frankly, this is for the best, very little actionable advice. But now, as they enter their twilight years, I'm as surprised as anyone to admit that it's gotten kind of good. Justin, Travis, and Griffin's witticisms are more refined, like a humor column in a fancy magazine. And they hardly ever say Bazinga anymore. So, after you've completely finished listening to every single one of all of our other shows, why not join the McElroy Brothers every week for My Brother, My Brother, and Me. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.